Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Night After Night, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes, and... I am Chris Jaiwardna. Hello. And we're reviewing Lonely in the Middle, an episode from Season 2 of Laverne Shirley. Uh, directed by James Burroughs and written by Jack Winter. I'm pretty sure Chris has some facts about them. I do. We uh, so, yeah, some interesting notes. So, uh, so Jack Winter, writer, uh, multiple episodes he's done for the show that we've seen his name come up, you know, here and there. This was his last episode for the show as a writer, but we will actually see him return later as a director. Oh. Uh, suppo- supposedly, to tell uh, to tell the truth was his first directed episode, so we'll be getting oh. to that at some point in the future. Tell the truth is a fine episode. Better season six episodes. And uh, as for James Burroughs directing, you know, it's Burroughs, the guy who does the things, the guy who's still kicking and working on sitcoms, even yeah. to this day. Bless him. Uh, Keep going. I, I have a note that you know, as I was observing, you know, the episodes he had directed uh, for the show, you know, the fact that he keeps directing episodes that has a lot of like Leveni shippy stuff just makes me wonder how much of it was him, Penny and Michael, like making stuff happen. Yeah. Uh, especially in this episode with regards to the wraparound yeah. because it's super cute. Um. Yeah. Sadly, that being said, this is his last episode for Laverne and Shirley. So, so yeah. it's the, just say no, James, come back. Yeah. You were you were so good. Um, yeah. So, as we as we salute Mr. James Burroughs, director of Dog Day, Blind Dates, From Suds to Stardom, Look Before You Leap, Dear Future Models, Good Time Girls, Guilty Until Proven Not Innocent, Guinea Pigs, and now, lastly, a lo- a Lonely in the Middle. Thank you, James. Good job. Thank you, sir, for your service. Here's what the episode's about. The Burns lazy night at home reading a smutty romance novel was interrupted by the appearance of Lenny, seeking her healing touch for a finger of the accidentally stapled. Lenny had been making a sign for an upcoming strike, they already got the two cents raised the union was searching for. Talking about the Averse strike makes Laverne reminisce about the last time the workforce at Shots tried to strike, which led to the biggest fight she and Shirley have ever had. Sometime before the current strike loomed over them, Shirley's outspoken behavior at a union meeting resulted in Shirley being elected to speak to the big shots at Shots, and her promotion up the corporate ladder to a supervisory role on the line. Shirley does not make a good executive, and her know-it-all attempts at efficiency drive the rank and file crazy, and Laverne too, when she brings her behavior home with her. What did you think of this episode? As much as, you know, I know this is a very funny episode, it's a very goofy episode, Shirley's behavior in this made me sad. Yeah. I saw I saw her becoming so much like her mom and her trying to please the daddy figure and it just was like, no, Shirley, no. It it made me sad. <laughs> I mean, because it's, it's fitting because she's depressing. Even Lenny says this is a depressing story. I yeah. have to escape the depressing story. And considering how into Laverne he is most of the time, like he wants to escape the depressing story so a lot. Yep, yep, yep. Especially when you know she's letting him uh, read the trashy novel that she was she was poking yeah. at. <laughs> and I, I, I okay. Speaking the of though, the, the opening of though him coming in, it's like I need a band aid, Laverne. You know, it's just he's such a baby. It's adorable, yes. and yes. I love it's clearly something they've done before. Yeah, and it's like show why did you not jump on this? The finger kiss, yeah, just kills me. He, I love it. Yeah, yeah. The hint that he. Uh, frequently gives himself minor injuries and he always comes to her for mother and to have his uh his wounds bandaged. like i said there is so much peter pan wendy darling stuff in that relationship and i feel like nobody hits mm-hmm. on it but mm-hmm. like she is always amending on 
his uh, wounded parts emotionally and with the, the L and stapling his wounds back mm-hmm. together. Uh, just like mm-hmm. when he's sewing Peter's shadow back on. And he's always leading her off into ridiculous adventures. It's like Peter leads Wendy off into ridiculous adventures. So there's your parallel, kids. There's your literary parallel. Uh, this is a great wrap. This is a great wraparound scene. The wraparound is great. It's mm-hmm. very fun. Uh, the idea that he was up there just making his signs. She's down there reading her sweaty romance stuff. And the introductory line is he says the words of Setter Heart on Fire. And it's just like, it's great. It's so oh, cute. And I love the, uh, there's that line, because uh, we should probably, since we're talking about it, you know, get back to the moment. It's like, uh, she's like, what are you doing? He listened to me and he's reading the book and he's, he touched yeah. in, a, in a place, you know, what, what do you think that was? The basement? It's like, yeah, Lenny, the basement. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I love your comment. I, I made sure to mark this down. It's, uh, do, do you remember what you said about that question? No, I don't remember what I said. You said it's the most innocent and least innocent question that he ever asks. Yes, yes, yes. It's fitting. That's fitting, and it really is. It really, truly is. But it's great, yeah. Uh, and it was kind of cool to see it as a flashback episode to in this format. I mean, it's another TV trope, but it's. Uh, I thought it was cool. It was the way it was done was interesting, and it also helps with the pacing, especially because it does get to be such a downer. Coming yeah. back to Laverne and Lenny kind of helps mellow it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I just love that. Um, the very the notion that uh, uh, she is trying to burn herself to him and he's listening, but on the other hand he's not listening and because he is depressing as hell, the two of them are fighting. And you know, the main meat of the story, all the stuff with the union meeting is funny, and then you lead into Shirley trying her darndest, and she basically becomes the efficiency expert father from uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. Mm, mm. And he was so annoying. My least favorite... Uh, Childhood uh, book character, so even though he's a real mm. person, he's a real person. I've about that for five seconds, I guess. Oh, jeez. Wow. But yeah, the uh, um, and yeah, I mean, the meat's pretty good. I mean, there are some aspects yeah. I liked. I liked Big Henry. We've heard him name dropped like I think since season one, honestly. Yes. Uh, yeah. and we finally get to see him. And I think, I think this is the only appearance, but um. I, I want to make sure to bring this up to about him. He's played by Pat McCormick. I initially thought it was Jack Perkins again. Uh, I was kind of hoping for that, but it was Pat McCormick. Yeah. This guy was a character actor. Uh, he was Big Enos in, uh, or Big Enos in uh, Smokey and the Bandit, in all three of them. And uh, he also was in Scrooge. He did a lot of cartoon and TV uh, bit show parts, including even an Ah Real Monsters episode, which brings me a lot of delight. However, the mm-hmm. cool thing about this guy being in here, he was a writer on the Johnny Carson show, The Red Skeleton Hour, and others during the 60s, 70s, and even during into the 80s. So so he's got some some interesting cred. So getting to see him get to play this character, and the thing is, he did these some of these bits on Johnny Carson. So like, you know, when you look up his credits, it'll be like, you'll kind of make the connection realizing he probably wrote the jokes that he was going to do on the show, basically. That, you know, he he would do a bit or a skit with Johnny, and he would, uh, that's that's at least, that's what I'm inferring anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, and, uh, and likewise also, uh, uh, tight wallet Tompkins, um, you know, played by Byron Webster, uh, Byron Webster, we'll see again in uh supermarket sweep, I guess another season yes. or two. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 He was mostly a TV actor for a bit parts and like, he was kind of, unfortunately he was kind of the weak link for me, to be honest, the Tompkins character, yeah. I kind of wanted a little yeah. more of yeah. given that it's because he creates such chaos for Shirley yes. in the process, you know, and she's trying so hard to like either marry her way up or, um, yeah, kind of move her way up the ladder. 
See, this in a way, this is Shirley's dream. She's moving on up. She's moving up the side of the corporate mountain. And then, unfortunately, you know, it turns out badly for her because she turns into someone that her best friend would not like to hang out with. She turns into the kind of person that Laverne does not like. And because she just regiments the heck out of everything. It should, it, you you could use four few emotions in that. You could do that and then that. That and then that. Nobody wants to do that. Right. Ugh. And it's and it's the the whole thing is how she gets played, you know. Yeah. She gets played so yeah. easily about, you know, that she's given the carrot and it's like, no, that's a poison carrot. You know, it's yeah. like, did, did we get the raise? Well, not quite. And it's like, what do you mean? I mean, it's just a little raise, yeah. Cheryl, honey. Yeah. I mean, you got cute hat and gloves, but you're not t- telling me what I want to hear right now. You know, it's like, what you mean is we don't get a raise and you get a promotion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I did like, I did like the attempted noogie, a noogie lynching. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention the noogie. I was going to mention that. How about a noogie? That was funny. That was funny. Yeah. And no noogies. Put away your noogie. Yeah, put it in your pocket. Put it in your pocket. Yeah, and I like uh, how. Yeah, this is Levert. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, it's because it, uh, it depends on where we're going with the next conversation. But I was just gonna say that that Laverne defending Shirley at first yeah. is interesting. She even dressing her up to yeah. make make her look cute and harmless with the hat. And it's like, look at those apple cheeks yeah. and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the end, yeah, what bothers her is that she brings it home with her. She brings it home with her, and that's that's the final straw. Uh, she's regimenting how she drinks her milk and Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just brings out Laverne's ultimate rebel side. You have Shirley as the rule enforcing good girl, and Laverne as the rebel who would literally, literally rather go in a conveyor belt into a, bo- a bunch of boxes that are going Green Bay than uh, listen to her best friend do this to her. And uh, you can't blame her in a lot of ways. Jeesh. Because their, their fighting gets vicious in this episode. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Shirley actually says the line, you know how fond she is of being grabbed when it comes to Laverne. Oh, God, that one stings. Oh, my God. Low blow. Low blow, Lenny, low blow. Yep. And, uh, yeah, there's... <laughs> Yeah, when I watched this with my mom, my mom's reaction, my mother had a reaction to this one, the uh, the line, uh, there's a method to my madness, and my mom goes, oh yeah, or a madness to her method. <laughs> so that was great. And then, and then you got to feel sorry for Shirley, because Shirley really is only trying to help. She really is only trying to make things better. She's just bad at realizing, oh, this hurts the human feelings of my human friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. She doesn't like have that click mm-hmm. in the back of her head mm-hmm. that goes, oh yeah. And that, you know, it results in people graffitiing her picture at work and people rebelling and her getting demoted back on the line. I mean, there's there's kind of like this, you know, perfectionist psychosis that kind of happens, you know, where it, when it gets to like the words, the word efficiency, what's kind of sad to me, you know, and again, this is why this kind of bums me out a bit as a, as a concept, because, you know, I've had those moments of where I've tried to be perfect and i've gotten so much on my case of like it needs to be this it needs to be that and like i freak out and like when i get like major anxiety like i yeah. get to this point where everything i do is wrong because everything i do feels superfluous and like and it's, so it's a really sad thing because that's you know you know you and i are writers you know we have yes. this tendency to um we have to understand that we can't over edit the work to where it's like point and yeah. just go crazy you could have just pointed it's yeah. like crazy yeah. um that's not how language works, you know, 
I mean, that's, my note here is that's not how language works, Cheryl. As a writer, yeah, I am yeah, aghast yeah. and yeah. horrified by your assessment of the situation. <laughs> um, exactly. It's kind of the writing version of uh, Lenny Squiggy have run away. And that's the thing is like there's a um, when it gets to that point, what's the point in living? There, there, you know, it's it, it, when we say like, oh, waste. No, it's not waste. It's flavor. It's the meat. Yeah. It's the fat. It's the bones Seasoning, of what is life. It's the salt and pepper. And it's, uh, oh, God, yeah. And just the, the whole like, you know, I mean, just how she just, yeah, what's my note here? Yeah, she's sold out to the man, you know, <laughs> yeah. to the man. Yeah and, it, yeah. and how it's so clear she's trying to, you know, live the stream and trying to get this. And, and she's getting played. And it just, oh, it makes me so sad. Um, and then the way she grew, and the, the way that she even uses Laverne, because she feels that she is either owed or can get, she knows that she can get away with pushing Laverne. And so yeah. she does. She grills her. She makes fun of her, you know, yeah. and doesn't, and, and then gets upset because there's no repercussions. But it's like, you push somebody. What did you think they were going to do? You know? Um, yeah. And, you know, and she's, yeah. And, and I love how Laverne turns it back on her when she marches down to the kitchen over the couch, over the end table, you know, and and tells and the audience goes crazy for that part too. I noticed. Yeah, 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 yeah. The audience love that. The audience. Um, I find that the audience in later episodes will tend to have issues with anything where the girls get like way, way, way over the top, unforgivably mean to each other. Like way. I mean, like like when it gets really bad. There's an episode later on in the series where the audience is kind of shocked. Uh, we'll get to it. But it's not this, and it's not this one. But uh, they always love it when there'll be rivals, but not rivals to the point where it feels like they're going to kill each other. Right. So, yeah. so there's that line, that fine line that they won't uh, cross there. I, I enjoy. I always enjoy it when they do stuff like that. I always enjoy it when they do ridiculous things like that. That's the show with them in a nutshell. Um, and of course, uh, yeah. just real quick, we we cannot go too far without mentioning that yes we saw it coming as soon as we saw the set of the the the, the labeling line yeah it was t- totally i love lucy and yes. i was waiting for that as soon as that first shot of the set i was like oh there it goes it's gonna happen yeah, 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 yeah. well the girls were kind of quasi considered lucy's heirs to the softstick comedy throne mm. uh because they they did was very lucy and Viv. Yeah, and they were very. It, it depends really upon uh, the episode how Lucy and Viv they get. Um, so this, this is probably the most direct I love Lucy reference in the whole show, and that you literally have a conveyor belt. And there's no chocolate, but um, the plenty of beer. So. Plenty of beer. Yep. Plenty of beer. Yeah, and I love uh, I love Big Henry's line. You know, when he she yeah. turns up the speed, it's like, what is this? I'm not an octopus here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that is and, I, and that is an exit stage right moment. Gotta yes, say, yes, I love Laverne just basically flipping over her best friend off, lying down in the conveyor belt, just being wheeled out of the scene. That's mm-hmm. that's to me is just fabulous. I love it so much. Yep. Um, and the actual the actual fight and them circling around and it's like the chin, you know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's come it's right here, right here. Thank um, you, <laughs> yeah. After, after watching this episode, my mom did that as a gesture when she was talking about uh, the raccoons getting into her garden again. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, um, man. I was going to mention um, the fact 
that the end of this episode is really sweet. Uh, if I could uh, salvage anything from the episode, I would salvage the wraparound, obviously, uh, the girls, uh, the girls reconciling at the end, and that conveyor belt scene. Those are the, really the best, most solid parts of the episode, I think. Yep. Yep. But there's something just so sweet about Laverne taking her little suggestion box and singing just to make uh, Shirley feel better. Absolutely. The trust is hell because the man has rejected her, so to speak. Yeah, another man is Shirley's life has rejected her. Depressingly enough. Oh, oh, God! Oh no! Right in the death. Yeah, I guess you, uh. you know that's the good news. There's no, there's no Carmine to make Shirley feel God. bad this time around. We promise we'll stop kicking Carmine in the nuts. We promise. Once, once he's earned, once he's earned it. <laughs> once morale improves, we'll stop kicking him in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, oh, but God. but I love the uh, the you know. <laughs> When Lenny leaves and Shirley yeah. comes in, it's like it's like what were you guys talking about? I was talking about the last time, and you know, and they swore we never talk about that. And Laverne's oop face, and it just yeah. kind of fell out of my yeah. mouth. Well, can it fall back into your mouth? And oh. <laughs> how far did you get? I got to the point where we we were fired. That's all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and Cindy's acting when the in yeah. the makeup scene in the kitchen is so cute. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's yeah. it's so yeah. good. Yeah. You know, I'm punishing myself. It's, you know, why is uh, that? Because yeah. I hate myself. Yeah. Uh, Cindy is extru- Cindy's acting is really good in this, and uh, Shirley's vulnerability is incredibly poignant. It is. It's very poignant. Um, beautiful in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. And the. And the and it's a good, another one of case of timing, you know, the whole like the paper, you know, it's like that. They're, they're not mad at you. Yes, they're mad at me and pulls out the suggestion box and unrolls it. OK, so they're mad at you. I mean, I love that <laughs> Laverne really is that best friend, because even at this yeah. low, she tries to make her feel better. She doesn't yeah. relish. She doesn't relish yeah. the pain or the comeuppance. Yeah. She is just, yeah. you know, I got to pick you up. Yeah, that's um, that's something in a nutshell. Even when they're fighting, they really don't want each other to suffer. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. And um, what, what are we thinking on the boys' union song at the end? I was going to mention the union song next. I like this. This isn't my absolute favorite Lenny and Squeaky song, but it's funny. Uh, uh, it's, just, it's good, but not the best one. You gotta strike while he it, it is, admittedly, it's a, very cor- it's a very corny song. It's supposed to be, though. I think it's supposed to be. I think then the framework of the episode is supposed to be this is the only time we see squiggy by the way we do not see squiggy for the rest of the episode he ah, is nowhere right. to be seen until the boys enter with the song it's, it's, but i still yeah that's it, it, interesting yeah, yeah so it, i'm curious because that's right I, i'm trying to think if we've seen episodes that have solo squiggy or solo lenny okay but anyway, yeah, but, you got to. Yeah. But you know, in in conclusion, you got to strike while the union is hot. Get all the money that they got. Grab every scab by the hair and make sure he knows that you care. <laughs> I could do that in a Zab Brannigan voice. Yeah. You gotta strike while the union is hot. Get yeah. all the money they got. Grab okay. every scab by the hair. Make sure he knows that you care. <laughs> I can actually picture this now. Uh, it, just, uh, it feels like it needs to put, be punctuated with a kiff like sigh. Just, yeah. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Yes. We don't need. There is no unions in space. There are no unions in space. Oh, boy. 
But um, okay, anyway, yes. so uh, so what what are we feeling for this episode ranking wise? Oh, let's see. This is roughly around a six for me. It's, uh, there's a lot of good stuff with the conflict. I love the wraparound for obvious reasons. Um, I like the ending, but a lot of, and there's a lot. Of, it's not like memorable when it comes to slapstick. Super memorable. Uh, there are certain details of it that are memorable, but it's not like top tier episode for me. Yeah. I'd have to say the same. Yeah, a six, maybe a six point five, but most probably yeah. more in the six range for me. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's there's there's good bits, you yeah. know. I mean, like I guess what it is is I enjoy watching it, but it doesn't feel like it really sticks, which is interesting for me to say because this was when I was watching this and this is part of a bundle of episodes with my mother, and uh, she made I made sure to write this down verbatim what she said, and she just the credits come on and she said, you know, this show just cheers me up. It's yeah. teaching me to be better to myself and others. And that yeah. was just, that was, she needed to pick me up that day and it was like, no. So. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. really nice. That's nice. Yeah. Shout out to Chris's mom. Mm. <laughs> Again. Mm. I guess his mom. Yeah, at some point we should, we should sneak around to this show just to, just to, <laughs> just to, just to, just to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. It'd be funny. That'd be uh, fun. All have right. my father yell in the background like Frank DeFazio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, just kind of in the six, yeah, it's good. It's, it's, you know, just, I like the pro union theme. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, um, I, I do, I do feel sorry for the butter cake that was lost along the way. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to miss James Burroughs, name, but anyway, uh, yeah. It's indeed. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and next episode. So, so, sorry, say again? Next episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, what's yeah. the episode? Next episode? I'm what? Prom- what? Yeah, prompting you. You want me to ask? Do you want me to ask? Do you want me to talk about it? I could talk about well, it. Well, normally, you would prompt me and I say, but like, otherwise, okay, I can okay, just Okay, 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 okay. I'll just go for it. There's so, so, so many edits I'm going to have to do this episode. Yeah, I know, dead. With a quiet exacto knife, just carving stuff out. <laughs> carefully sewn together just for you yeah it'll be like frank and zed here um oh, anyway so thanks again everyone for joining us for this episode of night after night and if you would like to know more or would like to get in touch with us we can be found on twitter at night after night pc and we also can be found on facebook at night after night podcast and tumblr at night after night um we can be uh we can also be found on patreon if you'd like to throw some bucks our way to support what we do and to help us with um possibly getting to do some special new episodes because uh, we like to do some special stuff kind of crossovers uh, book, book reviews um you know now the other kind of specialty you know it's it's like you know like how there's a specialty breads when you go to the store we we would like to do some specialty episodes as a matter of fact and those sort of things Anyway, we, um, we want to uh, give you some raisin swirl bread. Let's give right. us, let's give you some raisin swirl bread. Yeah. Any hoot, uh, Lisa? What do we, what do we got next? We're getting, we're wrapping up season two yeah. here, aren't we? This is the season two finale. It is a pastiche on Citizen Kane. Uh, the girls are selected for stardom by a uh, Broadway impresario, and things go sideways. And it's also an episode that was created in a way to promote the Laverne and Shirley Sing album, which had come out the previous November. And we will tackle oh. that entire thing. Uh, next episode is called Citizen Crane. 
Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I hope you guys will join us for uh, you. Uh, to, to, you know the thing. It's to come, come find us. You know, let's do this. Uh, let's make this happen. Come join us. Join us. Oh. <laughs> Chief, clown. Bye now. <laughs>